Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. It is so good to be here. It is so good to be preaching. I was preaching earlier today at um, Mandarin service. For those of you um, who are new, we have a Mandarin-speaking church. And so this is my preach number two. Wow. (laughs) No, it's so good to be here. It's so good to be preaching. I know that the word that, that God has got for us tonight, it's a word that's going to enlighten us. It's a word that's going to actually challenge us as well. Excuse me, but before we do that, I want us to pray, okay? Everyone knows that it's good to pray, isn't it? So let's pray. God, I just want to thank you for today. I want to thank you for what you're doing. I want to thank you for what you're saying. I want to thank you for your, for your words that will be spoken tonight, God. I want to thank you for the clarity that's going to happen in this place. God, I thank you for revelation that's going to grab a hold of the words that are spoken tonight. And that, Father God, in Jesus' name, you're going to cause transformational power to, 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 to go right across this place that people's lives would never, ever be the same Again. Amen. 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 So, who's enjoying the Lifescape series? Lifescape. Who would have thought that escaping this life was what we're talking about? (laughs) Escaping this life. Do you know, God, he's so good. He's so faithful. He's so faithful in leading us on the journey that he has for us. You know, we started this year with the adventure starts here. We then followed up with the I dare you. And now we're speaking about the lifescape. And do you know, for lifescape, when I think about that word, it's just like, what on earth does it mean? But there's a narrative that God has for your life, a narrative that you can follow. There's a way that you can do life. And that is going to impact all those who meet you, all those who greet you, and all those who want to hang about with you. Because, you know, every single one of us have the ability to influence, be it our our husbands, our wives, our friends, our families, our communities, um, our hospitals, our police, our governments. And do you know, God has got it. God has got it all covered. And what I'm going to be speaking about tonight is titled... What you see is what you set your mind on. What you see is what you set your mind on. You know, every single one of us, we all have dreams, we all have desires, we all have those things that we want to do. And I remember a couple of weeks back, Pastor Kevin was speaking about making sure that we plan our lives, making sure that we write down the things that we want to do such that we achieve and attain actually the vision that God has for us individually, corporately, as a church, and as a nation. Because who knows that when you work to a plan, when you work to the vision that God has given you, you're going to succeed. Are you ready to succeed, church? Are you ready to succeed? I don't think you are. (laughs) I say that because 
you're not excited enough, not because of what's been spoken, but there's something that we need to get on the inside of us. It's that thing called vision. It's that thing that actually causes us to come to church every single Sunday. It's that thing that gets us out of our bed in the morning. It's that thing that challenges the very things that would try and stop us, the very things that would try and limit us, shut us down. Because do you know what? There's an enemy out there who wants to shut us down. But I want to tell you tonight, we've already won. We have already won. And we have overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. And I'm just going to repeat what Elizabeth spoke this morning. Elizabeth's not here. I don't see her. She spoke, excuse me, she spoke about her son receiving a miraculous healing. He actually was diagnosed at the start of the year with a heart condition that was basically a hole in the heart come heart di- um, a heart disease. And he supernaturally was touched. He supernaturally was healed. And the doctors, they've said to her, I don't know what you've done, but it's not there anymore. God has a way of changing situations that are immovable. Things that cannot shift have to shift in the name of Jesus. And things that needs to shift, actually, when they shift, watch out and see what happens after that. You know, that that young boy, her, her son's name is Michael, Michael is the most gorgeous boy you would ever, ever come to meet. What a great, um, full of vitality, full of life, full of actually a passion. And you know what? One day he is going to remember, he's going to look back at what his, his, his mum and his dad prayed over him and we have prayed over him. And he would remember that outworking power of Jesus in his life. But here, back to what we're going to speak about tonight. Ever been disillusioned? Ever been disorientated? Ever been, ever been in that place where you just do not know what the heck is going on? Yeah. Ever been there? Yeah. I have been there, and I don't want to go back. <laughs> ever been to that place of confusion? Ever been to, 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 to walking down the road of uncertainty? Even walking down the road and thinking, why on earth am I walking down this road? I'm going to tell you, you're walking down that road for a reason. You know, quite recently, we as a family, we were over on the, the, the west coast of Scotland, um, just doing some family activities, and we went to one of these um, adventure, adventure places, and in this place, there was just different things that would catch the kids' attention, and they would just love to keep repeating those things. They're just so much fun. And um, the, the room that we went into, first of all, it was this pitch black room okay but if you imagine it had lots of little dotted lights all round about the room and before you even walked into this room you could hear just a and I was like what on earth are we going to walk into so the kids obviously being kids they ran ahead they were straight into the room and I'm probably about five ten meters not even in the building and they are like running ahead and enjoying it And the thing that they enjoyed was the fact that they were so disillusioned. They they, they were so disorientated. They just did not know where they were. So they literally came from outside, inside, to this dark room, okay? What they had to do was walk from here to, say, the back wall, and there was a handle, there was a couple of handles that would kind of act as a guide rail for you, and you had to kind of walk back and forth, okay? But the problem was... Over the top of you, there was a huge drum, and it was rotating, okay? 
Anyone ever been there? So this rotating drum is happening. It's going round and round, and that was the noise that we were hearing. And as you were walking along this pathway, this, this um, walkway, you could hold on if you wanted to, as you were walking along, all of your senses were being bombarded with noise, with sight, with just what on earth is going on. Because it was dark as well, you just could not see what was going on. Now, the kids were loving it. I think Ruth actually loved it all the more. (laughs) But as she she and we were all there, you were so disorientated. You were just like, what on earth? Your mind was playing, not tricks on you, but you were so disorientated. You just did not know what on earth was going on. And I don't know about Ruth and the kids, but afterwards, I was like, and I don't normally feel sick. I was like, my goodness, I just feel so sick. I feel so, what's come over me? And then after that, we had to go on to the, to, to the, to the runaway train. But that's another, that's, another, that's another preach. But we were so disorientated in this place. I want to tell you, there's situations in every single one of our lives that are pre-planned by God. He knows that you're going to go through them. He knows that you're going to go and do the things that you're going to do. And there will be something in the back of your mind that would try and disillusion you distract you and just set you back from getting to where you need to get to because every single one of us have got a vision for our lives we have a plan and a purpose that God wants to see outworked in our lives you know that that um, distraction it was so so annoying but would I go back and do it again yeah I would I would go back and do it again because it would then bring me to a place of remembrance. It would bring me to a place of I need to stay focused on the very thing that God has called me and us and you all to do. Amen? Amen. So your eyes are one of your physical senses that allows you to see all around you. You know, we all have five senses. We have what we can see, what we can hear, what we can touch, what we can smell, and what we can taste. I think that's five and we were speaking at the, the Alpha um, meeting on uh, Wednesday night, and I was saying to, to, to the guys in my, in my group, I was saying to them, you know, if you had to lose one of your senses, what would it be? And after everyone was thinking, just about every single one of us said, we wouldn't mind losing our sense of smell. Because who knows that with your sense of smell, what you're going to miss? You're going to miss the smells of some nice food, you're going to miss the smell of maybe some burning food. I'm not looking at you, honey. You're going to you're going to miss those you're going to you're going to miss those things that actually heighten the enjoyment or the experience of it. But I tell you, I don't ever want to lose my sight. You know, obviously, some people have. Uh, in some cases, they've lost their sight. But see, to lose our sight, to lose our our ability to see what is going on. I just don't think I could, I could kind of handle that. Or even the, the, the touch of holding someone's hand or something like that. You know, these, these are the things that are precious. But sight is so very important. So here's some um, statements for you, okay? Ever heard these statements? I'll believe it when I see it. Or I see it, but I don't believe it. Have you heard this one? It says in Proverbs 29... Verse 18 in the New Living Translation, it says, When people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. 
but whoever obeys the law is joyful. Or another version says, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. So without vision, sorry, vision without action is merely a dream. There was a guy over in America who said that in 1985, he was the guy that spoke vision into corporate companies. He was a, a guy who spoke that word. And actually, it's so very true. Every single one of us, we can have a vision. But if we don't do anything about it, all it is, is just a dream. And I don't know about you, I have lots of dreams, lots of dreams that I think, what on earth does that mean? God, show me. And a lot of the time, he just doesn't show anything or reveal anything. But dreams are so important. But dreams without action are really a waste of time. So if you don't have a vision, then your reality will always be determined by others' perceptions. I'm going to say that again. If you don't have a vision, then your reality will always be determined by others' perceptions, by what they think. And here's my next verse, Colossians 3, verse 2. It says, set your mind on the things above, not on earthly things. Or in the Amplified, it says, set your minds and keep your minds set on what is above. That's the higher things, not on the things which are on earth. And, you know, if you think about that, the things that we go through on earth are temporary. You know, we are only here for but really a few years. These are temporary things. But the things that we're going to experience when we're with our Father in heaven, these things are eternal. So here's the other thing. One of the, one of the things that I, I, I love to kind of consider is, um, and I know that the Ruth doesn't like this, is flying in aeroplanes. Ever been in an aeroplane? I'm sure you all have. But ever been in an aeroplane where the aeroplane doesn't know where it's going? I've never been there. I've never been on an aeroplane that doesn't know where it's going. You know, it's got all these clever systems that really I, I couldn't explain to you how they do it. But there's, but there's, there's the anti-collision um, system. There's different radars that, that, that track these aeroplanes to make sure that no two aeroplanes crash and things like this. Um, there's, there's, there's your radios and there's low frequencies and high frequencies and all these different things that allow you to stay connected to someone who knows that it's safe. Because imagine if you're a pilot, right? Imagine if you're a pilot, you're up at 30,000 feet and you lose all your instruments. You lose all of your ability to know where you are. How are you going to cope? What are you going to do? You've got absolutely no way of knowing. And I know that if I was there sat in that cockpit, I'd be thinking, oh boy, I'm in trouble. But here's the thing. Here's the thing about vision. When you know where you're going, when you know where you are going, you can track along those way paths. You can track along those pre prepared routes that are already there and you know I was um, because I'm a bit of an airplane geek I was um, I was looking at these tracker things last night and have you ever had a look at these trackers that shows you where all the airplanes are in the entire world they're crazy so last night when I just had a look over Europe and over um, America there was about 5,000 airplanes in the sky at once and all you could see was a big red dot <laughs> and I thought wow what an amazing amazing picture that all of these airplanes they travel safely they know where they've been they know where they need to go to in order to arrive there safely 
And the other thing that, that I did was I looked at exactly what was happening in our airports, in Edinburgh Airport and in uh, Aberdeen Airport, and there was not a single aeroplane taken off at 11 o'clock at night. And that's understandable, OK? But down in Edinburgh, all you could see was this one aeroplane at the end of the, the runway ready to take off. And when I thought of that, I thought... Do you know, our vision is so like that. What we want to do and what we want to achieve is a case of us starting at the end of the runway, the, the pilot being in full control of those engines, full in control of where the direction, the direction and the speed of where that vehicle is going to go. And with all of his might, he pulls the levers and that's him off. But he would never ever do that if he was not secure and exactly where he was wanting to get to. He would never take off, and he would never take off if he didn't have all these systems working at any one time. So that's the same with us. What systems do we have in our, in our lives yeah. that cause us to be prepared at the end of the runway, to be confident and assured that we will hit that middle of the runway and we will take off safely and get to our end destination? You know, there are so many different things. You know, we can speak about the Word of God being uh, a light to our feet. We can speak about just, excuse me, we can speak about our friends and our colleagues and our, and our leaders who would come alongside us and help us and guide us. But actually, even more importantly, we have the Holy Spirit living inside every single one of us. You know, if you've asked Jesus into your life, then at that moment of asking, you have the Holy Spirit living in your life. And I want to tell you, having the Spirit living in your life, it's just like, a, it's like an, a, an automatic, um, it's almost like a safeguard, you know, it's a safeguard. He is a safeguard for, for, for your life and, and for the moments and the days that you are going to do some great and amazing things. So I wonder if we can turn in our Bibles over to Romans. We're going to go to Romans 8 and we're going to read a few verses there. Starting at verse um, 4, 4 to 8, we're going to read. And he did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us, who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and to peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never, ever please God. I love the verse in the Bible that it says... Um, Basically, if you want to please God, then you've got to have faith. If you want to please God, you've got to be at the end of that runway, ready to take off in the direction that you know by the spirit that you have to go. And then from there, you take off, you pull back those throttles and you are aware. But here's the, here's the verification if you don't believe me. Okay, It says in Romans 7, verse 28, it says, Thank God, the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law. But because of my sinful nature, I am a slave 
to sin. You know, every single one of us in this place were slaves to sin, but actually every single day we're being transformed yeah. with the renewing of our minds, with asking Jesus and the Holy, by his Holy Spirit to help us, to guide us, and to take us on the, the journey that he has for us. So when I think about our minds, when I think about vision, when I think about sight, I went to the dictionary, okay, and it says to see is basically to be conscious of what is around you by using your eyes. That's from the Cambridge Dictionary. And vision is the state of being able to see. And our mind is the element of a person that enables them to be aware of the world and their experiences to think and to feel. You know, every single one of us have that ability to think and to feel. Every single one of us have that ability to tap in to the Holy Spirit, to what the Spirit of God is saying over your life, over your family's life, and over your friend's life. Because every single one of us, if we know Jesus Christ, we have that assurance. We have that assurance that he is there watching over us. You know, when I was thinking about sight, I was thinking about the statement, you know, 2020 vision? I was thinking about 2020 vision. I was just thinking, what does that actually mean? You know, is 2020 vision, is it perfect vision? But if you look it up, it says 2020 vision is being able to see at a distance of 20 feet what you should be able to see. So if, for example, 20 feet is, say, say it's over at Margaret. If Margaret is holding up a piece of paper, okay, I should be able to see here the exact same as what I can see where Margaret is at the back of the room there. That's what 2020 vision is, right? So how is that going to help us and what God has got for our lives? You know, this comes back to basically our vision and our ability to hit goals. Every single one of us, when we set our goals, when we set our challenge, when we set on the things that, that we want to do, these are the things, okay? The number one reason why people fail to achieve their goals is because of their lack of clarity of vision about the life they want to live. That was a bit of a mouthful. The number one reason why people fail to achieve their goals is lack of clarity of the vision about the life they want to live. So when I think about that, I have to take a big step back and I have to go, okay, so I'm just not thinking enough about the things that I know I want to do. And if I'm not thinking about it enough, how easy is it for me to then change? How easy is it for me to then take a little time and have a think on actually the things that I want to do and the Spirit of God wants to do in my life? Because every single one of us want to achieve Every single one of us want to be professional. We want to be in a place we, where we are, um, where we, we inspire people. Every single one of us want to be at a place that we would even encourage people. Hey, look what I've done. Excuse me, look what I've done. You can do it as well. We're all, all the same. So the reason for lack of clarity is that we say we have little or no time. We have little or no time. So Pastor Kevin, he phones me or he texts me this week and he says, um, Brian, any chance you can preach this week? And I was like, ah, oh, but Kevin, you don't really know all the stuff I've got to do. I didn't say this to Kevin. But Kevin, <laughs> I've got this. And Kevin, I said it to Ruth. I said, Ruth, does Kevin not know all the stuff I've got to do? 
And I said, I've got this, and I've got this, and then that, and then they're coming over. And, then, and for those of you who don't know, I'm actually unemployed at this moment, okay? So you would think I'd have lots of time. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how I fitted in a, a, an entire job. Never mind being able, to, being able to get a message for tonight. So how funny that we think we don't have enough time. I want to tell you, it's just a lame excuse. Every single one of us, including myself, have the ability to sit down and drop on the Holy Spirit and to glean the thing that we need to get in order to hit the mark. Because every single one of us want to hit the mark. I want to hit the mark. I want you to hit the mark. Amen? So all we have to do is spend a little bit of time considering what the vision is for our own lives. You need to get it for yourself. So with that, we're going to turn to Matthew 20, and we're going to find out about Jesus healing two blind men. And it starts in verse 29. So as Jesus and the disciples left the town of Jericho, a large crowd followed behind. Two blind men were sitting beside the road. When they heard that Jesus was coming that way, they began shouting, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Be quiet, the crowd yelled at them, but they only shouted louder, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. So when Jesus heard them, he stopped and called, What do you want me to do for you? Lord, they said, We want to see. Jesus felt sorry for them and touched their eyes. Instantly they could see. Then they followed him. You know, when I was looking through the, the different Bible verses for a, for a story to relate this blind becoming, or, or different stories with blind people becoming healed and able to see, this one caught my attention. And it caught my attention because who knows that blind people, they're very capable people. I know some blind people, and these blind people are very capable, okay? So the fact that these guys were sitting at the side of the road in the exact position that they needed to be, that Jesus would cross their paths, is quite amazing to me, actually. The very fact that they positioned themselves in the right place at the right time. And you know even what caught my attention as well? They weren't even on the road. They were on the side of the road. So just in case any cars or trucks or stuff were coming, you know, (laughs) they were on the side of the road. They knew the safe place to be. I want to tell you, blind people are very capable, capable people. So here's the next thing. The blind people, they started drawing attention to themselves. And this, this kind of annoyed me when I read this story because if I am in the crowd and if I am following the disciples in Jesus and I've heard of everything that Jesus has done and what he's capable of, why aren't everyone saying to Jesus, check these two guys out over here, they need some help. The crowd just wasn't thinking. The disciples wasn't, weren't thinking. Only Jesus took that moment and stopped. The crowd weren't, they weren't, they weren't bothered at all. And here's the thing for us. Every now and again, we're going to have to shout. Every now and again, we'll have to say, actually, time out. I'm here. I'm here. I need help. Every single one of us have that ability to raise our hand and say, I need some help. We can do that. But here's the other thing. The other thing is, those guys who were blind, they waited to be heard. They did not give up 
saying Jesus were over here, Jesus were over here, until they knew that they had Jesus' attention. We've got to hold on to what Jesus is doing. We've got to hold on to what he's saying for our lives because he has got the very best, best for us. And I love Jesus' question. Jesus' question was very direct. What do you want? What do you want? And I want to tell you tonight, God is asking you, what do you want? What vision do you have for your life that you want? Because where you're lacking, you can actually receive. Where you think you need direction, you can get that here and by the Spirit of God. So what do you want tonight? Or are you just here to, to listen? Oh, we'll have a good time. We'll go to church, all that. What do you want? The Spirit of God is saying to you, what do you want tonight? And I love what Jesus said. You know, Jesus, he is a compassionate He's a compassionate man. He's compassionate because he is a man. But he's compassionate because he's also God and he cares about every single one of us. And he was, it says that he felt sorry for them. And you know what also was so amazing? I need two volunteers actually. Chaz and, um, and uh, what's your name again? Dusan, come up here. <laughs> Let's appreciate these guys very quickly. Yeah, yeah. I need you to sit down, guys. I need you to pretend that you're blind. Just sit down. That's the edge of the road. Don't worry, there's no trucks or that. Sit down. Right, and for... Let's have a female Jesus. Heidi. (laughs) Heidi, come over here. I need Heidi to be Jesus, right? Now look at the position that we're in here. We didn't hear anything about Jesus bending over uh, to help or anything like that. But this is Jesus. This is the blind people. Okay, so it says in the Bible that Jesus touched their eyes. Go and touch Chazzy's eyes. You can touch Chazzy's eyes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Go and touch. Go and touch his eyes again, and hold it there. Right. So she's getting up close and personal to to, to the guy who needs help, and this is allowed because they're married, by the way. Okay. Jesus, when he sees a need. He comes close. He comes close and he touches you. He touches you because he wants you to get it. This blind man got it. Go and do me a favour. Go over to that man there. His name is Dusan. He's not your husband. (laughs) And touch his eyes. Right? Doesn't matter whether they're married. Doesn't matter whatever. Jesus makes it personal. He makes that connection because he needs those blind people to get it. Thanks. Let's appreciate these guys. Very, very simple. I'm almost done, okay? And at that point of touch, those two blind men were healed instantly. And not only were they healed instantly, I believe the vision for their life was absolutely transformed. They went from a place of darkness to a place of light. They went to a place of not knowing what was going on to a place of absolute clarity. There is a clarity for your life tonight. There is a clarity for my life tonight when we get up close and personal with Jesus and he can do it by his spirit that's living in every single one of us. And here's the very last thing that they did. These guys, they didn't think, oh, brilliant, that's me, I'm, I'm healed, I'm off. These guys stuck around 
Jesus. They stuck around the disciples and they basically went with the crowd. And for them to go with the crowd, that's a huge thing. A huge thing because before they would have been guided, they would have been um, almost yeah, chaperoned into to being in the right place. Now they have a freedom and a liberty that they have never, ever had before. So how much more for a young boy like Michael, who has been touched, not even to realise the magnitude of how he has been healed, than two blind men who can now look and they can say, I can now see. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.thejunctionchurch.com. God bless.